listening to SBS on the Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Wednesday, the 21st of July 2021. Later, retailers hit hard by the lockdowns, but first, Sydney has been named as the world's strongest luxury residential property market. Global estate agency Knight Frank says it expects luxury prices in Sydney to rise 10% over the year. That's more than Miami's 6% increase, a 5% rise for Los Angeles and Hong Kong, and a 4% expected increase in New York. Sydney is also set to lead in 2022. Knight Frank saying that it expects prices or luxury prices to rise by 7% in Sydney, along with London up 7% in 2022. So for more, here is Michelle Shoselsky from Knight Frank. When we look at the the Sydney prestige market, it's really driven by local ultra-wealthy people. And what we define as an ultra-wealthy person is someone with uh, 30 million US or more in net assets. Uh, So when we look at this population, many of them have been grounded in Sydney um, for the past 16 months. So what we're finding is that many are reconsidering the way that they're living, whether that's to upsize or you know, finally make that downsize purchase because they've had more time on their hands. But I guess the other part of the equation is that um, when we're talking about this ultra-wealthy population, they tend to be expanding their portfolios, not necessarily trading in and out. So uh, when I say expand, it could be um, a second or third home or, you know, dual living. Uh, we see a lot of these people, uh, you know, living in their residence, but also having a, 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 a weekend escape, so to speak. But what we're seeing more, more so um, as a result of this pandemic is that uh, when lockdown is not in place, uh, we're seeing them spending more time in these, uh, you know, second and third homes. Michelle Selsky there from Frank Knight. Lockdowns are having an impact on the retail sector. Preliminary figures from the ABS show a 1.8% decline in June. Every sector bar food retailing saw a decline. Earlier I spoke with Mich- with Dominique Lamb from the National Retail Association. Look, I think that the, the mood of the retailers at this time is is certainly very, very cautious. We've got three states in lockdown, South Australia, Victoria and New South Wales. New South Wales, of course, is our largest consuming group, followed by Victoria. And, of course, for retail, Christmas starts in around September. So the longer these lockdowns, lockdowns go on for, um, the more concern our retailers have. And, and I guess, you know, for small business and, and family-owned business, this is a very, very difficult time and it has ripple effects across the country because, you know, it feels like as if the industry has almost taken a collective inhale and is holding their breath, waiting for something to occur, whether it's another lockdown in another state or, or what it might mean. But at the end of the day, these lockdowns are very, very difficult for business. So what do you think businesses, both large and small retailers, retailers would want? What are they seeking? Look, I think certainly um, what they are seeking is more support from government. I mean, we have had JobKeeper come out of the market. We understand that the federal government is not inclined um, to re-implement that scenario. However, with these ongoing lockdowns, for many of these businesses without it, they simply are unlikely to return. Um, I think there are also, you know, concerns around those um, people that are working within our retail sector because most of our employees are casual and part-time workers. They're young workers 
workers. And a lot of the time, if these stores don't open, we can't simply redeploy them um, to work from home or, or do something like that. So there is concern about what um, the lack of, I guess, work is going to have on families. Dominic Lamb there from the National Retail Association and it comes as economists revise down their GDP forecasts. Today we heard from ANP Capital and the Commonwealth Bank. They're expecting the September quarter economic growth for our number to come in as a contraction of 0.7%. There are also fears of a stalled recovery of global growth amid the spread of the COVID, of the Delta variant of COVID. But Markets around the world rebounded today, including the Australian share market. The S&P ASX 200 up 0.8% to 7,308. Earlier, I spoke with Eleanor Cray from Saxo Bank. Yeah, look, I mean, we really saw that kind of turn turnaround Tuesday, locked and loaded, uh, sentiment really stabilising. I think really just animal spirits being re-engaged than any particular um, one catalyst, to be honest. I think in many ways the uh, Delta variant story has been somewhat of a scapegoat, perhaps. Um, we have seen that, you know, from the data so far, it does seem like vaccines are at least effective in uh, minimising hospitalisations. Um, you know, and I think we've gone a long time without a little bit of consolidation really the markets were kind of looking for an excuse to catch down um, to this plunge that we've seen in global bond yields uh, and don't forget we've also got this thinner summer liquidity environment in the northern hemisphere uh, lots of leverage in the market at the moment lots of one-sided positioning and I think that certainly contributed to a bit of the unwind that we've seen um, in these reflation trades um, you know but certainly animal spirits re-engaged uh, overnight uh, the dollar's also taken a pounding, though, today again. It was exacerbated by a near 2% fall in retail sales for June preliminary data by the ABS. What's that saying about the way the market feels about the global economy right now, though? Yeah, look, I mean, global growth surprises are going to fade as as uh, global growth momentum kind of fizzles off these incredibly elevated absolute levels that we've seen. Uh, for the Aussie dollar as well, we've also got... Uh, it's really weighed by kind of broad risk aversion. Uh, we've also obviously got the extended restrictions uh, locally and, and that Delta outbreak, which is certainly weighing on, on the data, as we've seen uh, with retail sales, uh, throw in some kind of China woes as well. And I think um, we, well, we've seen the Aussie break that big. 74 level. We have so far managed to, to defend the 73 level. Uh, I do think that if we kind of break down through there, that does open up for, for an extension uh, lower. Uh, but, you know, I think it's going to be broadly trading in tandem with the global risk sentiment. A lower currency does, I guess, at least please the RBA. But does that seem to suggest, given we've seen the lockdown, the potential hit to economic growth, uh, the, the, this latest spread of the new variant of, of covid does that mean a tapering of economic stimulus may actually happen a bit later than we th first thought? Yeah, look, I mean, I think you're exactly right. I think at this stage, it does look like a, a delay of, of the taper could be on the cards. Certainly, we've seen that the RBA are a lot more dovish with respect to full employment. Uh, it could be lower than 4% even, uh, and wages growth as well. And I think in, in light of uh, this Delta outbreak at the moment, setting the recovery back, uh, I would be expecting that the RBA would potentially be delaying that taper. I don't think the additional QE that some are talking about is really on the cards at this stage. I think in many ways the market has kind of done their job for them. As you point, we've got already a lower Aussie 
dollar, we've got lower yields. So I don't see uh, really the benefit of maybe increasing purchases to six billion. Uh, but it's probably a moving target. You know, if we do see that still uh, a significant proportion of the population is still in lockdown by late August, say, uh, then then we could see uh, maybe that sort of additional QE or six billion a week um, uptick in purchases coming back on the table. But, you know, certainly for now, I think if you lose if you use the logic that maybe a month ago where policy was, it was looking uh, too accommodative, um, now less so, I think that you can you can sort of say that the delaying the taper seems reasonable, but uh, additional QE maybe not so uh, at this stage. Eleanor Cray there from Saxo Bank. That is SBS on the Money for this Wednesday. Don't forget you can listen to this as a stream on your favourite podcast apps, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts and the SBS radio app. This SBS on the Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision.